Hi, this is Andrew Hiller, and you are listening to The Hiller Cast. Hello, good morning. Today, I'm going to talk about the CrossFit Open. This year's CrossFit Open in particular, maybe talking a little bit about the general CrossFit Open. So if you're not into CrossFit and you turned on the podcast, you might not find this super interesting today. And if you are into CrossFit and you do know what the Open is, you might find it super interesting today. Anyway, what the Open does from my perspective is at its best. And what I tell a lot of people is that it is a marker for your current fitness level. And I've always put it in relation to you are in high school and you run a mile and you just start a gym class and you run the mile with some walking and you do it in 10 minutes. And at the end of the term, you run the mile again. And this time you didn't walk and you did it in eight and a half minutes. You can then understand that you did the mile a minute and a half faster. You know that you didn't walk this time around and you're better for it. You're in fitter. And if you go, maybe you're in your 20s and you just started a strength training program and you're in the Globo gym and you did 10 reps on the bench press at 135 pounds and you knew you couldn't have done an 11th one, that's where you're at. And then six months later, you're able to do 165 pounds on the bench press for 10 reps. And that's kind of where you're at. And you know that you've gotten stronger. So with CrossFit being the fitness methodology, the open is the test of fitness for many of us. And it's been awesome. Or I don't know, it was 12, like 2012 through 2018. It was fantastic. And then Greg Glassman decided to say, hey, the sport isn't cool. What's cool about CrossFit is health, the health side of it. And he kind of moved into the doctor realm and he moved into the elderly realm, which is all good stuff. But it took away the part that I thought was most cool, which was the fitness part and the test that was for most people, the fitness test. And for 90, 95% of us, that was it. And it was great. And every year you can see yourself moving around the hundreds of thousands of people and say, hey, if I was 50,000 this year and I'm 30,000 this year or last year this year, then I know I'm 20,000 spots better and I'm fitter for it. And over the course of five weeks, it generally ends up being a pretty good representation of where you were at. So that's for most people. For myself and a handful of others, it was the qualifier to the old regional and the new quarterfinal. And for those people, and for a lot of people who kind of were, and I talked about this a little bit in the last podcast, which it was, you started CrossFit, and why did you start it? And a lot of us started it to lose weight, look better naked. You want to get into an exercise program that's going to yield those results. And then the open rolls around, and you get really upset about the inability to do a muscle-up or handstand push-ups or handstand walking or lifting certain amounts of weight. And it now gives you a little bit of uh, hey do you remember why you started doing all this stuff or hey you want to make it to regionals old regionals hey you want to make it to quarterfinals then you're going through now the is this really why I was here and it reminds you of why you started in the first place 
And every year I would see it where someone would outwardly say, hey, I want to go to regionals. Hey, I want to go to the CrossFit Games. And then a workout would come up with 150 pull-ups in it. And you could tell that they hadn't worked on it all year. They kind of eliminated the working on their weaknesses process of it, which is what's super necessary to be good at the sport. And then they go through the whole, oh, you know, it was just taking it easy. I was just doing it for fun. It's like, that's bullshit you just didn't do well and now you're going to go through an entire another year where you were i want to go to regionals i want to go to the games i look super jacked i look good on the internet here's me snatching really heavy or here's me doing something or another and then here comes some toes to bar or some gymnastic stuff and it's like uh the opens for small people this is so stupid oh my god where's the heavy barbell blah 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 all that crap always really annoying and then you forget it's like hey it's the sport of fitness and if you it's not too hard to look at the previous tests and say hey if i want to go to this spot i need to be able to do this many reps here that many reps there and you got to be prepared for anything yes including the heavy barbell but also including the high rep gymnastic stuff that happens all the time no matter what so reminds you of your why is why i started talking about all that stuff so this open was cool in particular because the 2021 open that is because it was the first real one in years. I talked about how in 2018, Greg Glassman kind of kicked the fitness sport part of it out. And this year, Eric Rosa and company, along with a handful of the others, brought it back to the best that they could. So it was exciting that it was coming back. Uh, the whole COVID thing made it interesting where there there were open announcements but they were kind of relegated into crossfit's new headquarters location so it's good to have them back it was good to have dave castro doing them it was cool it got more people back into it it was a little bit more of what everyone had fallen in love with in the past it, it was nerve-wracking because maybe there was a couple years in there where it didn't mean much. There were no regionals. There weren't many people. You didn't really know how important it was. So this being maybe possibly the first real one in a little bit, you were nervous about where your fitness was, what was going to happen, how the workouts were going to look, that type of stuff. It was just different. Uh, and to go on with different than you didn't know how many workouts there were going to be. I mean, you knew there were three weeks. There was speculation that there'd be two workouts a week. There was, ended up being four workouts, two being just on that last week. And there was a different qualification process. The top 10% thing gets me going to a whole nother realm because a lot of the freaking elite athletes or so-called elite athletes or the people who I had already mentioned who thought that they wanted to go to the games were they had like a little buffer period in there where, oh, the opens four, three, four weeks long before quarterfinals. And it's like, oh, you know, I just tried to finish in the top 10 percent. I'm going to do the workout one and done. And in the reality, you either weren't in good shape, you didn't like wall walks or the very rare one was they were correct. They were just taking it easy because it didn't really matter. And they were trying to make the top 10%, which makes me kind of upset because I always thought that it was the best fitness test. So 
when Matt Fraser, Rich Froning, and company are in the top, they win every year, then you know that, hey, that's probably a pretty good indicator of the fittest person on earth. And then usually you kind of filter all the way through and you say, hey, if in the world you were two, 300 in the world, overall men or women, then you knew that you were in pretty damn good shape. And I was pretty happy about my placing this year, which was 40 something. But I, in the back of my head, I always say, well, how many people were taking it easy that could have possibly beaten me this year? I don't know. So I didn't like that because it kind of ruined the what I thought was a great test. I mean, in the past, I had used that even as the regional qualifier, which was, hey, where you finish in the open is you're placing on the regional team. So if we're only taking three and you're the fourth person in the gym in relation to the open, then that is what it is. It's the fitness test. So that's kind of my own little take on it. And I guess we should just, I'm going to click around now. So if you hear clicking, that's me on the computer. Talk about the workouts. And if I were to kind of really quick, no, you know, I'll do this first. I'll talk about the workouts. So workout one was the wall walk double under one. And right off the bat, there's two ways to look at this one. One was, oh my God, so dumb. Wall walks, what's going on? But then you look at the amount of double unders. So I don't really want to get into the whole workout because you can just look it up. And if you are curious about this, you probably know it. I don't want to waste time just spewing it out. But it was a buttload of double unders and an annoying amount of wall walks. And it's annoying because once you get into the later rounds, it's like you feel like you're doing wall walks forever. I'm not saying annoying because I didn't like it. I'm saying annoying because, oh, they take forever. They're just so long. But when stuff like that happens, and my favorite thing about this workout was the in the days of like 2014, 2015, and this was particularly relevant with the females, it'd be there'd be a chipper, there'd be muscle ups in it. And there was always the females who were better at muscle ups, who would be able to finagle their way through pacing the other portions of the workout and breaking up the muscle ups into certain sets. So let's say there was 20 of them and female A came out and did six and female B did twos from the beginning. There's always the female who did twos who would be able to finish quicker because they were taking shorter breaks, yada, yada. And the gist of it is that they had a plan and their plan paid off and they thought about it and you could tell that they were being smart. And I always think that it's cool when you're smart and then you yield a better workout score. So with the wall walk in this workout, I made videos for my Hiller Fit people that were, hey, map out your hand placement, figure out how many steps it takes for you to get in, how many steps it takes for you to get out, and almost treat this wall walk like it is a heavy squat clean. So if you do heavy squat clean and you're to go, 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 there's going to be a point in time where you get into the mud and you just can't go anymore. So that that is what it is. Your legs are saying, hey, and you get this whole body kind of wave where it's slowing you down and there's nothing you can do. Wave of pain. We're like in the mud, quicksand, screwed. Same thing happened on the wall walk. So if your muscle endurance didn't really feed into you sprinting from the beginning, you'd get into the round of nine or 15 and you'd be moving through the mud. And then all of a sudden your handwork would be wrong and you'd be out of control. So I said, Hey guys, map out your hands. And if you can't keep to your handwork, that means that you're going too quick. If you can't go three steps in, four steps out, you're going too quick. 
that was a big one that helped a lot of people. People were able to get significantly, I don't know, 10, 20% further on their repeats. Yes, I was telling everyone to do repeats because I was very accustomed to, this is the open test and this is going to be your best route to getting in. There was a handful of people who just made that 10% cut, which very much so benefited from the repeats. And then there, I mean, everyone did better and you know what? Screw it. I don't really care about the whole, I took it easy and de-verifying your hard work. I think everybody should be giving their best effort. And if that means redoing it again, so long as it's not super inconveniencing my life, which everyone is awesome with this year, by the way, not doing that, then do it again. Do it three times. If you can do better and there's no reason for you to believe that you're going to do worse, then freaking do the stupid workout again. I love it. So that was workout number one. I ended up liking how many double unders there were at the end. It was super cool. And I also really liked how it exposed a lot of those people who were, I'm taking it easy this year. We'll we'll come back to that after workout number four. Workout number two was death. It was that crazy freaking 2017.1 workout where it was the dumbbell snatches and the burpee box jump overs. And if you recall, when that came out way back when, everyone's like, oh, here, a dumbbell, cool. And everyone's like, this will be super easy. I mean, it's one dumbbell. This is CrossFit from 2010. And then you do 150 dumbbell snatches and you're into the round of 40 and 50 and your life is melting and burpee box jump overs are harder than you ever thought they were. And it was terrible. And the top time in the world was just under 10 minutes. And it was it was wild. Fast forward this year, and everyone's times were vastly better. It's a little bit of, hey, we did dumbbell snatches at 17. So programming is skewed, and now there's a lot more of them than there were. It's a little bit of everybody was quarantined and a lot of people had access to only dumbbell. So dumbbell snatches were done quite a bit at that point in time. And it's skewed to, I mean, I couldn't have been the only one who thought this is probably going to be a good repeat given those two things. So I programmed a lot of these movements and a lot of my members saw good increases in their decreases in their time as a result. You kind of know as a, as a, and when it comes to repeating in general, I, I've never really liked the, oh, the whole world is fitter as a result. And it's like, well, you kind of also have a lot of points of reference to say, this is how fast you went. This is how fast you can go. We also remember what it was like back then. And if you, if it was like, there's a reason why when you do a workout, you go faster. It's like, you know, where it hurts, you know, where you can push. And it's not, doesn't necessarily always mean you're fitter. I'd say 70% of the time it does mean that you're fitter. And the other 30% of the time means you had a better plan or you had better uh, reference points to better attack workouts, just like in the back of your head. And it's usually just pain points. Where did it hurt? Where do I need to go slow? Where do I need to go fast? Pain points. So, if at the end of the three workouts, I'm going to kind of go over what I thought of it as a whole. So that workout ended up being great. I like that one as much as I hate that one. It gave me quite a bit of anxiety. It was like the workout that I had done in the middle of having mono in the year 2017. <sighs> I made a post about that 
No, you know what? I didn't make a post about that because everybody was making a post about that. And I don't like jumping on the bandwagon. So me talking about it right now was I had mono back then. It ruined my life. It ruined my girlfriend at the time's life because she also got mono. And we had big aspirations for that year. They were taken away. And it wasn't because of this workout. This workout just happened to be there at that point. That was week number two. At that point in the leaderboard, there were still a bunch of people who were either not the greatest CrossFitters in the world, very high on the list because it was something body weight with, if you can do double unders, you're going to smoke it. And then, and it's also not handstand push up B so that the wall walk is not a handstand push up. So it's no longer vertical pressing that wall walk was like scooting and like just shoulder endurance, which I kind of like because I'm not so great at handstand push ups, vertical pressing, but my shoulder endurance is really good from swimming. I benefited from it. Good for me and good for a lot of other people. And then this workout was that being 21.2 was, can you just grind through some pain? Do you have a good engine? And it doesn't really matter if you're mobile, if you're strong, if you're even technically proficient at much, it's just grunt work, which in terms of CrossFit, good. But as a, over the course of the whole test, you need something else. And that kind of happened with what came next, 21.3, 21.4. At this point in time, you kind of saw who was the best with or who would probably end up doing best in the next stage. It was the crazy front squat, toe to bar, front squat, chest to bar, front squat, bar muscle up, thruster workout. And did I like the format of it? Yeah, I think it probably would have been cooler without the one minute rest. But now in hindsight, after quarterfinals, you know, the one minute rest is probably just them getting everybody accustomed with or them possibly playing with the line and the rest intervals for the qualification process to be coming. So they probably saw it like, cool, this works. And then they went forward with it. So I liked this one because it put a big emphasis on the gymnastics, which is something that I always like because it's something that many people don't work on. People look at sets of 30 chest to bar, 30 toes to bar, and their their lives are over. And it's like, well, it's something that always happens. So that's just me being me and me looking at how people go about doing things and always saying, hey, you should try this. And then if you can listen, and I'm I very think I think highly of you for listening. And then you're like, oh, this person wants it. Awesome. I love it when you want it. And then I'll, I'll say, Hey, you know, you should probably work on doing bigger sets of toe to bar, chest to bar. And then that person will say, you know what? No, it's fine. I, my shoulders hurt. And then it drives me freaking crazy. My shoulders hurt. It's like, well, then you probably shouldn't have done that heavy jerk and you should stop doing handstand pushups and you should probably just take a break in general. If your shoulders hurt every day, silly, 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 <laughs> Uh, and then of course the 30 bar muscle ups, that's one of my favorite movements, but it feels very different at the end of the workout. So this one was very cool where round one kind of got everybody through it. Round two, everyone was able to still play. And then round three was kind of where you were able to separate if you were one of these elite people in the sport. Great workout. Very good, uh, placement of times and whatnot we go into that little two-minute break um i kind of am now having 
issues remembering how this goes, but I know there's, oh, it's seven minutes from the completion of the workout. That's how that worked. So you do the deadlift, you do the clean, you do the hand clean, you do the jerk. This one I think would have been much better had it had been requisite amount of work needed to be completed. And I, I, I see what they were trying to do, which was they were trying to really skew the elite people possibly. And it's like, hey, if Patrick Fellner does this workout in seven minutes, he's going to be hurting and it's going to kind of damper his ability to do this complex. But then Patrick Fellner's score of the complex is being dampered by so-and-so who kind of lollygagged the workout but still had the seven minutes. So if you time capped at 15 minutes on the 21.3 and you then still had seven minutes to do a complex, then that person's probably going to have a better time doing it than somebody like Vellner. And in my opinion, my opinion, it's always opinion. There should not be anybody run of the mill. I'm having a good time beating the people or like, it's okay if they beat them, like if, if they've deserved it. So if it's something where this year you put in a bunch of work, you're a strong male and you did this complex and you hit 295 pounds and you also went forward, did the workout with good intent, then that's all fine and dandy. But I always have an issue when people walk in and they're like, oh, heavy lift. Eh, I don't really need to do this workout. It doesn't really mean much to me, whatever, but heavy lift. I'm going to go in. I'm going to do some front squats. I don't think there was a minimum work requirement. I'm 99% sure there wasn't a minimum work requirement. So they do a couple front squats and then they just sit there and they're like, all right, now it's time to do this max lift. There are a handful of dudes who are not in good shape, who made their way through the open, who just can now hurt the people who had put in lots of work. And that's not just Patrick Vellner in particular, but there are a lot of people out there who busted their butt on the workout and then had their lift be an example of what it should be. It should be something where you do the workout and then you do the lift. And that's part of the test. You look at it as a whole. So when you take person who just does lift, they're not testing the test. They're just doing a silly lift, which is, and now the background music's on again. They're just doing a silly lift, which, uh, why are you doing CrossFit in the first place if you're not going to play by the rules? As simple as it should be. Done talking about that. I did like the complex. I did like where it was, and I do really like how it was really giving a lot of people a hard time. It's like, could you do it? Could you not do it? And it was super interesting, but I'll never like the people who game the system and ruin it for everybody else. Now, I want to circle back to if the workouts were in different order. So I already, already touched on how I hated when I would be scrolling through the internet. It's like, I'm taking the the open easy because it doesn't matter and I could roll myself in the top 10%. And for a lot of people, they can't do that. And a lot of people's goal was to finish in the top 10%. So when I read that, it's like, oh, you're invalidating all these people's hard work by saying, oh, this is whatever. It's like a warm-up workout. <laughs> lots of wall walks. It's like, well, screw you guys. It's like some people work really freaking hard to get to where they're going to get. And I understand if it's Tia Toomey, like literally probably is a warm up, and literally she still won the open. So who cares? But some people 
couple hundred, couple thousand followers. Oh, you know, whatever. Taking it easy doesn't mean much. It's like, that's not cool. So that being said, if you would put workout four first and there was that heavy barbell, oh, cool, heavy barbell, then you better damn well be sure that I'd say probably 80% of those people would say, I'm going to win the open this year. It's going to happen. I did my workout. You know what? And I got a pretty respectable score because it looks like CrossFit. There's thrusters, there's pull-ups. And then I did my heavy lift. It was sweet. And then they'd be in. They made their post on the internet. The whole world knows they're in. And then comes the dumbbell snatch workout. So I'm just saying do it in reverse order. So, and then comes the dumbbell workout. And then they're like, Oh, I remember back in 2017, it ended my life. Here's my little rant about how it was so hard. And then they're falling down a little bit. And then they put the wall walk one in. And then because they're in, they got to go out. They got to go do it. I almost wish they had done it in reverse order. I know why they don't. They don't do it because they're trying to be, they're trying to get people in. CrossFit is the business is trying to make money. If they put out wall walks, more people can do it. More people will sign up. But on the other end of the spectrum, if you put that one last, you have a lot more people trying harder throughout the competition. And that's me saying, hey, I wish more people had tried harder throughout the whole competition because I like when people try harder, not when people justify easiness, which is my own little thing. You know what? I think a lot of people should look at it that way too. So was it overall awesome? I think that it was cool to have the, the top 10% for a lot of people. That's for, that goes to say like the 8% of the top 10%. So from percentage points, two to 10 in the continents, I think it was super cool. It gave some people a chance to move on to the quarterfinals, whether or not they want to pay the $50 to move on from that point was up to them. And then there was a handful of people who I know were just outside that cut, who are like, I'm going to try and do it next year. They want to see what they can do to make it into the top 10% so that they can do the next series of, of tests that were the quarterfinal tests. So I think that was very cool for just the average day, the average everyday person who kind of is maybe one of the better people in their gym. That was cool. For the elite people, I actually think that had everyone had done it, to the best of their ability, it would have been a pretty good test too. And typically I don't like the heavy lift and I didn't like how people skewed it, but I think that it did a pretty good job of countering what was the first two tests being rather not uh, high complexity. So it wasn't snatching, it wasn't muscle ups, it wasn't handstand walking. So because it wasn't any of those things, there was some engine people with the ability to kind of just go who did very well, but they're not the best CrossFit people, which some, some of them also were the best are always the best and the strongest are always the strongest, but you always want to look at the whole when it comes to the elite. So this one, I kind of missed the boat on. I hadn't had my podcast yet. I do like talking about workouts and I actually really want to have someone here to kind of go back and forth with at some point. I get, I could probably just talk forever by myself too. So I do plan on having some people on talking about some other cool stuff. That is everything I have to say about the 2021 open. And I'll probably be making one about the quarterfinals pretty soon. The team quarterfinals were released yesterday. 
Today is Friday for me. It's the morning. And I'll this thing goes well and I get good feedback, and then I'll just keep on going with them. Until then, this is Andrew Hiller. Goodbye.